High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, Prom Committee, Sadie Hawkins Committee, Cotillion Committee, and the Homecoming Committee. Oh, and an extra special shout-out to you greasers out there. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my house this evening. But first, summer school is in session. That's right, it's your first day of summer school. Why are you in summer school? Well, if you're new to the show, you may just think, well, it's summer. That makes sense. Nope. Any old slumberers and fans of the show, people who have been listening, know why they're in summer school. It's because John Cusack is still blocking us on Twitter. None of you did your homework assignment, and this dark chapter, this dark era, continues. And that's why your summer is ruined. So your mandatory summer assignment last week was to watch The Outsiders. My guest today is my good friend Mike Rivera. Just a warning, Mike couldn't join the slumber party in person, but that's okay. Phone slumber parties are fun, too. Mike, however, accidentally used his computer microphone instead of his headset, and we didn't figure it out till I started editing, which was like a week later, so my bad, too. So it might sound a little weird, just a warning, though I'm sure you'll get over it in like 30 seconds you can hear him completely it just sounds like he's you know sounds like he's kind of on speakerphone but not driving in a crazy area so trust me you hear everything and it's a good show you'll love it you know what that sound means pack your favorite jammies tell your mother you're sleeping over brian's because we're about to get our party on let's open this week with a theme from the outsiders this film stay gold by stevie wonder class dismissed On the moment long ago One breath away and there you will be So young and carefree Again you will see That place in time So gold I was afraid that when I asked you, you might have thought it was like an Outsiders podcast, like the WCW tag team of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. now you're talking. (laughs) I know you're a big Scott Hall guy. (laughs) Not so big Kevin Nash, but whatever. Racer from all. (laughs) Hey, yo. But no, you know, we're talking about the film. All right. I'm glad to have you on because I was thinking about this the other day. Remember when that girl, I can't remember her name, said to you, I, I remember this distinctly, she said, 
Mike was the kind of guy that all the girls had a crush on in high school, <laughs> but he had no idea. Yep. Guilty as charged. How was I supposed to know? Were you supposed to take that as a compliment? Uh, what good is the compliment if it's a decade too late? <laughs> Why didn't they just let you know? I would have been appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. That voice you're hearing, Michael Rivera, this is the voice you hear at the beginning of all my podcasts on PSLF Hoffman and now on High School Slumber Party. So, Mike, welcome aboard. Again, not in WCW Outsiders podcast, but still one on the film The Outsiders. Thanks for having me. Um, I, you know, to be honest, I wasn't sure if that was my voice or not at the beginning of all your podcasts. I've listened to every one so far, but I guess it's hard to really recognize your own voice when you're not used to hearing it. But How did you not know that was your voice? You I, well, I wasn't sure. I, I mean, I, I knew one of them was, and then after that... Do you use the same one every time? I use the same one every oh, time. I, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just not used to hearing my voice. You recorded it because, you know, people enjoy the soothing the soothing voice. They don't enjoy my tones, but hopefully they enjoy what what I say. Well, welcome to the slumber party. Hope you brought your best jammies. So I've been I started asking this question now. What sleeping bag did you bring to the slumber party? So, I mean, you, it could be a sleeping bag you had as a kid, or you can just invent a sleeping bag that you wish you had. Oh, man. Okay. Um, that would definitely have to be... Uh, Kyle brought his Jurassic Park sleeping <laughs> bag on the last podcast, so I don't want to copy him. Um, hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sleeping bag. I'm not surprised. You're a Turtles yeah, guy. hands down. Definitely more of a, a Raft fan. I grew up a Leonardo fan, but so right now, yeah. No, no. I think you relate to, to like the temper of Raphael nowadays. Yeah, like he doesn't. You know, he doesn't like. He doesn't like. He shoots first and asks questions later, kind of guy. You know. Yeah, no, and at first, you know, growing up, you look up to Michelangelo being the leader, trying to keep the group together. But he's Leonardo, so, you mean? Yeah, yeah. He's so corny at the end of the day. <laughs> Kyle's definitely a Michelangelo, you know. <laughs> He's more of like the, the Michelangelo's the ham. Who's who's the Donatello? I don't know. We don't know any Donatello. Yeah, like he's can... he's underrated. Cause think Very about underrated. it. I mean, he beats all these villains up with a wooden stick. Donatello is the guy in high school who you underestimated, and now is like making so much more money than you. You know? Yeah. Because he was smart and calculated. That's Donatello. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Michael Rivera, you know, we were classmates in high school. That is correct. So, if you've heard my show, guys, which I doubt The Outsiders would be your first episode, but I never, you never know. You know how we introduce our guests. So, Mike, introduce yourself in our, in our classic model, if you will. Uh, my name is Michael Rivera. Uh, graduated class of 2005 from Northern Valley Old Japan High School. Um... Mascot was the Golden Knight. Yeah, go Golden Knights. We've had a lot of Golden Knights on because that's the people I know from high school. So we have a lot of <laughs> relatable stories, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We we had a we had an interesting relationship in high school for for sure. I think you can't describe our relationship in high school without thinking of our relationship in middle school. <laughs> and admittedly, I had a lot of fun 
torturing you a little bit in middle school. Silly stuff, silly stuff. I think back to one time, like, either we shared a locker, or no, I had a locker next to you, Rivera Rodriguez, and I put pictures of the Backstreet Boys in your locker. Like, who cares now? But back then, you got so upset. All the girls were like, Mike, you like the Backstreet Boys? And you (laughs) flipped out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was pretty uptight i was pretty uptight about it it was just uh i was kind of shy and <laughs> very nervous and apprehensive of what anyone or everybody would think of me but at the end of the day what does it really matter it shouldn't have mattered <laughs> like you said but you saw that it bothered the hell out of me and just <laughs> took a, a pleasure in uh torturing me so. And I bring up middle school because it rem- it's one of my first memories of high school was with you. And so you <laughs> you had already joined the cross-country team. Um, you you know, you were a good athlete. You were varsity, right? Captain. Well, we were both captains. Well, we were co-captains, yeah. Yeah, but you, you were along. You were like the real captain. Like if it I don't was know coffee, if you I'd, can say that, Brian. I'd have an A on my chest and you'd, you'd have a C on your chest. But I remember, like, the, the I decided to join cross country with a couple of other other friends. And I remember the first day of cross country, you pulled me aside. I don't because you had, you were already in with like the juniors and seniors, and you pulled me aside something along the lines of like, "If you ruin this for me, I will murder you. I just want you to just shut the fuck up and not like." I don't know what you said. You just you just wanted me not to continue that middle school tormenting. And I remember I was like, all right. And like that whole freshman year, I almost didn't say a word to my teammates. So, well, so, so thank I you. am immensely sorry for, <laughs> no, you shouldn't uh, for being a, an uptight prick. But um, yeah, no, I, I guess it was weird. It's High school is just such a weird place you've talked about it before and uh, <laughs> i thought hey maybe i can start over again people i'll be cool but let's be honest brian i'm always home i'm on cool man nice nice reference almost famous hoffman reference i love it kind of a high school film we were talking about it the other day like do do we do almost famous on this podcast? I don't know. It's not really a high school film, but you know what? After watching this film, I'm like, maybe we should do it because after watching this, I realize, do they spend a second in actual high school in this film? Oh, that's a you know what? I don't think so, right? <laughs> no. Um I'm gonna have to watch it again to was the really first validate scene, that. Like where he's writing? I think that was in his room. That was in his room, in- yeah. Yeah, so I don't think there's a scene in high school, but honestly, if, if someone's going to come at me, come at me, bro, for this, I'm going to be like, look, it's obviously in high school. They talk yeah. about being in class together. The guys are wearing varsity jackets. Mm-hmm. It's all it's high, high school, school kids. Film. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in a high school right. setting to be a high school film. So this one counts. Obviously, I'm doing it. But again, the film is The Outsiders. Were you in, like, a gang in high school? If I was, you were too, and it must have been pretty lame. What, the cross-country gang? Hey, we had matching ma- matching tracksuits. You could have been in the improv gang. That's a cool one. I you never know, know what's coming next. Type <laughs> <True>. video. <laughs> but it's probably a yes-and game, and it's not a knife fight or a rumble. Yeah. Like this <laughs> so, uh, had you seen 
The Outsiders before? Um, I I did, but it was such a long time ago. I didn't really remember much of it except the fact that um, Patrick Swayze was in it and he had his shirt off, <laughs> like every other movie he's in. I mean, can you yeah, blame 100%. him? I uh I had seen this movie before, but again, a long time ago, I remember none of it. I mm-hmm. read the book um, in school. Did you read the book? I think so. What grade? Was, I think it was middle school we read it. Yeah, no, I definitely read it in middle school, so probably you did as well. Why did you, because I gave you a choice, why did you decide to come on for this film? One, well, it's an awesome cast. You got, who do you have? You have Emilio Estevez, Patrick Swayze, oh, yeah, yeah. Matt we'll Dillon. Whole, we'll do a whole run through of this. Tom this Cruise. Of, this is one of the just, legendary casts of all yeah. time. But it, it's almost like a, a gangster movie, like a high school gangster movie, sort of. Uh, things kind of really escalate way too far out of control. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it was interesting to me because it's not something that I expected. I guess the same director, uh, Francis Ford Coppola did The Godfather, right? Oh, yeah, no. This is, this yeah. Is, this is, that's interesting, too. But I mean... Like, one of your favorite films, not a high school film, unfortunately, The Warriors, right? Yeah, yeah. A gang film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know you weren't in a gang, but I feel like you, you definitely like the camaraderie of gang films. Absolutely. Again, like I was always kind of looking for a place to belong, like someone to belong to. Like, a, there's some honor in that brotherhood. Um, is The Warriors supposed to take place... In high school, no, or those maybe kids very... definitely don't go to school. Okay, all oh, right, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> age-wise, uh, maybe. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, They're certainly not old, you know. Right. So you can answer this at the end, but first, I mean, or you can answer it now. Would do you think you'd be a soch, or do you think you'd be a greaser? I really hope I'd be a greaser. <laughs> I mean, the soches are just such pricks. I don't want like I don't want to say anybody really deserves to die, but like <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, Johnny did not need to pull that knife, but he, I really feel like he escalated things way too far. But um, I think it was just everyone being pushed to the brink of just like oppression. They were just tired of it, you know. It was just unfair. So much social angst between these two classes. It was. It was tough i mean i i would have liked i would have liked to be a greaser but if you were comparing me to like the story that you just told of me telling you not to (laughs) fuck up high school for me in that scenario i probably would have been a (laughs) soch well you did wear your varsity jacket a lot i did yeah (laughs) so maybe you would be a soch no but i I, you're a greaser at heart at heart yeah I, i believe i'm a greaser so those of you who didn't read The Outsiders or haven't seen the film, every week I do this segment where I read the back of the, in this case, the VHS cover. So here's this week's. Ahem. A classic story of kids on the outside of society. On the streets of Tulsa in 1966, teenagers come two ways. If you're a soch, you've got it all. Money, cars, a future. But if you're a greaser... You're an outsider with nothing but your friends and a dream that someday you'll finally belong. The Outsiders is Francis Ford Coppola's powerful film 
of S.E. Hinton's classic youth novel. With lyrical imagery and dramatic intensity, Coppola captures the emotional essence of Hinton's story and shows how it really feels to be caught between childhood innocence and adulthood's delusionment. Do you feel delusioned as an adult? Absolutely. Every (laughs) single day. (laughs) That's a great word for it. Like, adulthood is about delusionment. Oh, that's so sad. I don't want to talk about that. We're here to talk about high school stuff and the glory days for some. Not really me or you, probably, but the glory days for some. But anyway, starring in this story filled with hopes, fears, bravery, and rebellion is a cast then on the brink of stardom, a who's who of some of today's most successful and popular young talents. Tom Cruise, Matt Dillon, Emilio Estevez, C. Thomas Howell, Diane Lane, Rob Lowe, and the Karate Kid's Ralph Macchio. You can tell when this this VHS cover is from. <laughs> but it ends the Post Karate Kid. <laughs> yeah, Ralph Macchio. Coppola, while remaining faithful to the spirit of Hinton's novel, imposes a larger-than-life dimension on his characters. The Outsiders takes place in the enhancement moment of time in the lives of all the boys. He says. I wanted to catch that moment. I wanted to take those young street rats and give them heroic proportions. Heroic and unforgettable. Like Rebel Without a Cause, The Outsiders gives us an inside close-up look at the tumult of adolescence. So what do you think of that summary? Judging by that summary, I'm definitely a greaser. (laughs) It's a little over the top, you'd have to say. It's a little much, but... (laughs) Yeah, fair. Rotten Tomatoes, 63%. So the critics liked it, but didn't love it. It's fresh. Um, 82% of the audience. So that's a pretty high score from the audience. Now, this cast, we can't ignore it for long. Let's get into it. By the way, this movie came out in 1983. Did it feel older than 1983 to you? Yes. Yeah, well, wasn't it supposed to kind of take place with, like, in the 50s or 60s? Yeah, it takes place in the 60s. Okay. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It feels like a at least 70s or 60s movie. It's yeah. got a little, a little bit of, a, like, a cheesy quality to it. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, when you went back and watched this, did it feel really corny to you? Over the top? It felt... It doesn't feel like a Francis Ford Coppola, like, Godfather-like film. It felt like a made-for-TV movie, kind of. So some of the soundtrack reminded me of The Godfather. I I forget when. Interesting. So the soundtrack is done by uh, Francis Ford Coppola's father, Carmine Coppola. Now, that's one of the most criticized things about this film. The soundtrack is very, like, dated and a little bit corny. So much so that I believe after his father passed away, Francis Ford Coppola said he wished he had another soundtrack. And, Mike, I was going to bring this up later, but I'll bring it up now. Apparently, there is... Coppola released another version of the film where where he adds a half an hour and he changed the soundtrack completely to be what he really wanted. Maybe we do a revisit of this of that version of this film. I'm assuming you watched the hour thirty minute version. Yes, that's one thing I noticed at first. How short is this film? It was done before I even realized it. Like we're not even like close to halfway in The Godfather Two at an hour <laughs> and thirty minutes. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, and uh, no, we're bringing up Kyle a lot. No offense, Kyle, but that corny ass Stevie Wonder song that this movie <laughs> opens up in. <laughs> 
and I like Stevie Wonder. So young and carefree, again you will see that place in time. So go. But to quote, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but in High Fidelity, Jack Black's character, like, disses latter-day Stevie Wonder as, like, selling out. This is a perfect example of it. Well, it's sentimental, tacky crap. That's why not. Do we look like the kind of store that sells I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall. What's your problem? Do you even know your daughter? There's no way she likes that song. Oh, oh, oh. Is she in a coma? Oh, okay, buddy. I didn't know it was pick on the middle-aged square guy day. My apologies. I'll be on my way. Bye-bye. Fuck you. Nice, Mary. Really, really nice. It was just top class. Rob, top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the 80s and 90s go. Sub-question, is it in fact unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter-day sins? Is it better to burn out than to fade away? You're a fucking broke, man. Stevie Wonder. One of the greatest musicians of all time. Not a great Stevie Wonder song here. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. It doesn't really mesh well with uh, the rest of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> or like that time period. I don't know. It just felt... It's called Stay Gold, which is like a theme of this, yeah. this film. But it just was like... It, it just forced it on us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was, it, that was a little weird. But uh, so this this film is based on, the like I said, the very famous... A book S. E. Hinton by S. E. Hinton, The Outsiders, uh, which is like a staple in youth American classrooms. I think it's a pretty easy read. I haven't read it in a while. Like you mentioned, we both read the book. You know what I was thinking though? I don't know if you probably you were a good student, so you probably didn't do this as a kid. But there were so many books that I thought, like I think I read now, but I really didn't read that I just like listened to the lecture in class, you know, because I didn't want to do my homework. Or like looked up the cliff notes online. That's possibly the case with the outsiders. Y- you know, you read a lot of books in high school, but you you're more listening to what the teacher says. Like, what kind of kid is looking for like symbolism in high school in a book? You know, we're thinking about like girls and stuff. Like, it's it's hard to read a book in high school or middle school. So I don't remember if I actually read it. I just knew what happened, and that's probably just from being in class. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So actually, the author Essie Hinton, she made a cameo in this film. She's the nurse, one of the, like the nurse at the hospital that uh, I think Matt Dillon's character tells off. Oh yeah, he's yelling at her, just get the hell out of there. Yeah, and did you know she actually wrote this story when she was in high school? No. She wrote this as a 15 and a 16 year old. That's crazy. That's impressive. So we're, I don't even remember if I read this book. She was impressive enough to write this book. And it's definitely like a very young adult book and movie. I wouldn't call this like a very deep book, you know? Right, right. Um, but it's fun. And did, so you think you first saw this film in high school? Or middle school? I couldn't even tell you. So as you mentioned before, the famous Francis Ford Coppola is the director of this. Not one of the uh, higher echelon Coppola films. Again, not The Godfather. Not The Godfather 2. Not Apocalypse Now. This is definitely... It's, it's probably being even a little nice to say that he's had an uneven career. But he's certainly, you know, one of the best directors of all time when you look at his best work. But he actually was prompted to direct this film. Um, A teacher from Fresno, California, gave him a letter from her students and said, oh, they really like this book. Could you make a movie? And he was like, okay. (laughs) I don't know when that happens, but it did. 
So I, I found that kind of like odd and funny, but I guess that's all it takes for Francis Ford Coppola to direct a film. But he's the director, and he, like all his films, he had a big hand in casting. Every every film he does pretty much has a great cast, at least at least in this era. And like you said, what a cast, you know? Everyone who plays a young person is actually a teenager in this film, except for two people. Can you guess who? Swayze and... Yeah, Swayze, you're right. He was 27, so he's... Okay. Demographic. You'll never guess the next uh, one. I mean, no, just, just guess the next one. Don't, like, try to beat the game. I don't know. Diane Lane? Ralph Macchio. Really? Wow. Ralph Macchio was 22 when he recorded this. I know that's not young, but he's supposed to be one of the youngest people in the film. I just, I thought that was hilarious because... Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the Karate man. Kid. <laughs> the Karate Kid, which isn't even filmed at the time. So the, the main star is C. Thomas Howell, who's 16... And he looks 16. Mm-hmm. I first saw C. Thomas Howell in the Civil War film Gettysburg. He's in that. But he's like, to me, most famous for the film The Soul Man. Are you familiar with The Soul Man? So, I have seen the trailer. Some people yeah. do anything to get into Harvard. It's going to be great. These are the 80s, man. It's the Cosby decade. For Mark Watson, all it took was a little soul. I'd like you to meet my good friend, Kareem Abdul-Ali. we got Washington here on the coin toss, so he'll take Leon. That's Watson. Right. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah, there may be a problem here. Your roommate was a... Uh, <clears throat> what? A black Negro. A black Negro? And it's appalling. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I made you watch the, the trailer. If you guys are not familiar with The Soul Man, be happy that this is a high school podcast, not a college podcast. Just there is... in one sentence, oh, man. I'll sum up The Soul Man. It's C. Thomas Howell. Uh, he's going to law school, and he can't afford to pay for it. So he colors his skin black, and he poses as a black man. Yep. <sighs> God, there, there's no way you can get away with making something like that now. No, I don't know how they got away with making that then. <laughs> no, you cannot. It is ridiculous. But yeah. he does a really good job as like, especially as a child actor in this, and he plays Pony Boy. Pony um, Boy Curtis, as, as I mentioned. Ralph yeah. Macchio plays Johnny, mm-hmm. and they actually didn't get along on set. I read Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell, and it's probably because they were huge age difference like yeah. six years and they were supposed to be both supposed to be kids <laughs> you have matt Dillon as dallas winston dennis quaid originally was cast but he turned down the role good to know patrick swayze as Darry, pony boy's older brother mickey rourke also auditioned for this that would have been interesting hmm. rob lowe as soda pop another brother of pony boy this is his film debut really yeah. Tom Cruise as Steve. By the way, Tom Cruise, he was a badass in the fight. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. He he went primal. Yeah, he's great. And, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, everyone knows Tom Cruise. Here's some perspective. Tom Cruise is such a big star that that year he did three films. This one, Risky Business, and a film called Losing It. Oh, Losing It. And All the Right Moves. So he did four films that year. Sorry, I was wrong. Four films in a year is huge. But from this movie until Magnolia in 1999, which we covered on PS I Love Hoffman, 
He was the star of every single film, like the lead. So it's weird to see him play a side character. The guy's like a born star, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it comes across here. So you have Emilio Estevez as... What was this character? Two-Bit. Two-Bit. Two-Bit, yeah. We just talked about Emilio Estevez on this podcast because he was in uh, Mighty Ducks 3. I was like, Emilio! <laughs> Emilio! <laughs> Not at the Roxbury. It, it's funny because like, he, he's in the Mighty Ducks and he, he loves like a Mickey Mouse shirt. In this film, I don't know if the book character liked Mickey Mouse clothes, but he even he even watches Mickey Mouse during this one. I actually liked his character a lot. Him and Tom Cruise were childhood friends. Um, they auditioned together. They both got the role. And actually, Francis Ford Coppola directed his father in Apocalypse Now. Martin Sheen. You have Diane Lane as Cherry, and uh, I hate to keep bringing up Kyle, but Kyle's a big Diane Lane fan. We have a redheaded Diane Lane here. What did you yeah. think of Diane Lane as Cherry? I was definitely a fan. Um, Sadly, she's... Is she the only woman with speaking parts? I think so, right? Her friend says something. Oh, true, the friend. And then the nurse, who was also the author, gets... Yeah, like Dylan, okay. But yeah, there's, there's not much. She's the only real female character in this. Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's written by a woman in the book. Essie Hinton's a woman. Obviously, she plays the nurse. But, uh... It's written by a woman in the book, and it, there's only one real female character. But she's great. I think she's great in this. Yeah. So that makes sense, thinking about it now, because I felt like Johnny and Ponyboy's relationship was just not like a typical, I don't know, teenage guy's relationship you have with another guy. It seemed very soft, kind of. Yeah, but I think that, honestly, that comes from... The fact that both of them have a rough family life, so they probably consider themselves family. We get that great scene where we get a glimpse into both their family lives. Yeah. Where you have Johnny goes home and essentially he just like walks out right away right. because his father's beating his mother. And you have uh, Pony Boy go home and essentially Patrick Swayze like punches him, right? Or just. Where the hell have you been? Do you know what time it is? Well, it's two o'clock in the morning, kiddo. Hey, Pony, where have you been? Fell asleep in the lot. You what? I was talking to Johnny and I fell asleep in the lot. I didn't mean to. Yeah? Hey, and I can't even call the cops because you two would be thrown in a boy's home so fast it would make your head spin. Come on, Pony, let's go to bed now. Look, I said I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I forgot. That's all I ever hear from you. Oh, come on, Derek. You shut up. I'm sick and tired of you sticking up for him. You hear me? Don't you yell at him. Pony boy, I, I didn't mean to. What? Come on, Johnny. We're running away. Pushes him or throws him across the yeah. room by accident. So Ponyboy's family dynamic is that his parents are dead, and Patrick Swayze, who's only supposed to be like 20, is like the father figure. Both Patrick Swayze and, and uh, what's the brother's name, Soda Pop, they both don't go to school anymore or probably haven't. And they're both like working jobs just to support mm-hmm. this like makeshift, this makeshift family. <laughs> One thing that I thought was like kind of stupid is, do you remember there's like a flashback? Yes. Is it the death scene of their parents where like they're just, there's yeah. this beautiful silhouette and they're like, 
outside of the car or something, and then all of a sudden a train just smashes <laughs> through the whole car and they're dead. Like it, it was a matter of maybe five or ten seconds, and I think it just summed up how their pa- how his parents passed. It was kind of why weird. why were his parents stopped on a railroad track? Who stops on the middle of a railroad track? Nobody. Why? It just it seemed very weird. These like kind of like cross faded images in this film are like odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more character I want to mention was uh, Leif Garrett plays Bob. Leif Garrett's like a child star and like a kind of like a rocker from the seventies. But so Bob's like the the soch who gets killed, Cherry's boyfriend. Um, oh oh oh! I have to mention this because the mothership will appreciate it. Nicolas Cage did try out for a role in his uncle's film. Nicolas Cage again being the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. He tried out. He wanted to either be Derry or Dallas, and he mm. decided to go method. So he spent two weeks drinking, locked in a hotel room, staring at a picture of Charles Bronson, and he thought that would make him tough. Did it work? Well, no. His, his <laughs> uncle, like he auditioned. His uncle Francis told him that he didn't want to cast him. That he's he said he thought he could play a good two bit if he wanted to try out for that. And apparently Nicolas Cage got so pissed off he just <laughs> left and walked away from the project because he he did not see himself as two bit. One of my favorite two-bit lines is when they're all just going through the drive through area and he leans into one car and he says something crude like, hey, want to see what's hanging? And motions <laughs> towards his crotch. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. Oh, man. I mean, we'll, we'll, let's just take it to that drive through scene then. drive throughs Typical teen experience of that era, like 50s and 60s, will cover them a lot. I like, as like a, a now connoisseur of the high school film, how they're watching a beach movie. People say like high school films kind of started with these beach movies. If you look them up, there's like maybe a hundred films of just like teenagers on the beach. Hmm. Right away, you get the dynamic of Dallas, Ponyboy, and Johnny. Like, you know, they pick up, they meet up with Dallas, like, in front of that drugstore, and they're like, hey, what do you want to do? He's like, nothing legal. (laughs) But, I mean, I remember the book kind of being like this in the movie, too. They're kind of, at the beginning, trying to set up Dallas as an asshole. And he kind of is an asshole, to be honest. Yeah. But he ends up being, like, one of the more lovable, I don't want to say lovable, maybe, but, like, redeemable characters. You feel bad for him. I mean, it's, uh, you you don't want to see him go down that path, and. It's just, he feels like he has no other option. That's the only out for him is suicide. Essentially, essentially. What do you think of Cherry and the whole Cherry, Pony Boy, Dallas dynamic? Yeah, it's kind of odd because Cherry clearly has a crush on Pony Boy's older brother, who who is Daryl, right? Does she? Doesn't she say something along the lines oh, of, hey, tell your brother... She says he's, like, cute. Oh, yeah, like, I, if I ever saw him again, I, I wouldn't know no, what to do with No, but she's talking myself. about Dallas. Oh. I know they have confusing names, Dally. They do, because they, they, sometimes they, they're called Darry and Dally. Yeah. It, it took, it, that took me a while to figure out. <laughs> no, but I, she is, she's, like, talking about Dallas Winston. Like, as much as she's turned off by him... She's really into him. She likes the attention. Yeah, it's it's kind of She likes awful. the bad boys, I think. Right, right. 
Is isn't that so true though? Like, and not again. It's not all absolutely. Not all women are into this, but I feel like at least there was an era where in high school it definitely feels like the bad boys get the ladies. Of course, and the nice guys like like a pony boy here. Like the girl's gonna talk to you, but you know she doesn't really want you. Yeah, she's not interested at all. <laughs> and that's fine. That's her prerogative. You know, that doesn't mean oh. I'm not one of these people who's like, like, oh, if I'm in the friend zone, that's not fair. You know, like, yeah. that's that's silly. Like, she should be with whoever she wants to be. But it is, like, one of those stereotypical high school things where it's like, the bad boy gets the girl and the nice guy. I mean, let's be honest. Does Ponyboy really stand a chance against Dallas? No. I mean, a 16-year-old named Ponyboy? Ponyboy? <laughs> First, Dallas. I would pick Dallas, too. You know, if I was Cherry, I probably would pick Dallas, too. <laughs> Dallas is badass. Dallas yeah, is badass. of course. Dallas is badass. So, like, I'm not dissing that that happens. But it, he's no. so badass that they don't eat, like, Ponyboy doesn't even go to his older brother. One, maybe because he's afraid of him hitting again, or two, but he, he, they go to Dallas because they know Dallas would know what to do in that situation of the murder. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. And again, there's like the just the whole socias versus the greasers thing going on. You meet a lot of people fast, you know? You meet mm-hmm. a lot of this ensemble cast fast. But I think I think the big like inciting incident is obviously the, the death of Bob, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's the name. Bob. <laughs> uh and, and we talked about it before. And it's it's kind of a weird scene. Two socia- a couple of socias see Ponyboy and Johnny, and they end up getting into a fight. They're still pissed off about them talking to Cherry. They're like, kind of saying like, "Hey, that's my girl. Back off." So they try to get yeah. some revenge. It's that guy with the rings, man. Aren't these the greasers who uh tried to pick up on our women? Hey, you're out of your territory now. You you guys better watch it. No, pal, you better watch it. You guys know what greases are? White trash with long, greasy hair. <laughs> You know what a soch is? What? White trash with mustangs and magic. Get him! Get him! Get him! Yeah, and then they're drowning Pony Boy, and we don't see it, but John, we just see the blood, and Johnny kills Bob. Oh, so much blood. <laughs> so much blood. And like you said, they run to Dally. Dallas, mm-hmm. I should say. They run to Dallas. And what did you think of that weird bar? Uh, what was that supposed to be? The, I don't know. Whoa, 
One of the weirdest things about that scene that like resonated with me was after, well, Dallas, again, is just so cool. He's just like hanging out there without his shirt on. He's like, yeah, just come in. He hooks him up with, <laughs> he tells him exactly what they're going to do. Gives him a gun. Gives Johnny a gun after he just yeah. stabs somebody. Maybe Protection. not the best idea, but I, I guess he was looking out for him. He looks out for his friends first. Does he live at that bar? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so, because there was a bedroom where they were hanging out. <laughs> he pulls out his own clothes and gives it to Johnny. The yeah. boy, boy, right? Yeah. But when they were leaving... There's this creepy girl at the corner of the bar that was checking either Ponyboy or Johnny out, or may- maybe Dallas, but I thought she was, like, checking out the kids. Maybe it was because they're like, hey, she was thinking, hey, what are they even doing here? <laughs> I didn't catch this. It's probably more along those lines, but she was just so creepy to me. I'm like, why are you looking at these high school kids like that? Definitely a seedy place. I didn't catch that, but that's... That's pretty interesting. Hey, sorry, sorry for that tirade. No, please. I mean, that's something I want. That's something I I want to catch because that's what an odd place. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So, so the, he gives them like he tells them to go to a safe house, which is like a church, and it's kind of like they have like I don't want to say they have fun there, but they basically survive for like a week. Pony boy gets his hair dyed blonde. Why, why does Pony, pony boy, boy get his hair dyed? Yeah. Why? Like, why and not Johnny? Like forcing him to do it. Johnny's Pony boy didn't kill anybody. Johnny did. Yeah, and then he's like, and then Johnny like just gets a subtle haircut. Yeah, <laughs> I, I you can't that. even tell if there's a difference. No, and, and you know Ralph Macchio's like, yeah, you know we look di-. like it's just like, it's like <laughs> no, you don't. You look exactly the same. Oh man. So, uh, I mean, just to just breeze through this quick, Dallas comes back to get him and he basically he basically tells them that cherry made a deal kind of or she's going to make a deal where she's going to testify on their behalf so they'll get like the minimum punishment it they go to that burger place if you recall yeah yeah but by, by the way i don't know if you noticed but francis Ford coppola's daughter and the director now sophia coppola she's also in godfather 3 s he likes to put her in movies a lot and she's like the little girl that asks um that she was... asked them something she asked them for like 15 cents, and then Dallas just tells yeah. him to get lost. And she's like, 10 cents! <laughs> He's like, scram! <laughs> the reason I bring up all this, like, minutia scenes is just because the church fire ends up being huge. They go back to the church, and there's randomly, like, a lot of children stuck in the church, and it's on fire. <laughs> right. So I was unclear at first that that was the same church, but I guess it yeah. must have been because there were, they were foreshadowing the cigarettes, you know, like watch your cigarettes when you drop them. And it must've been one of Johnny's cigarettes that was burning and ended up taking the church down. Yeah, I guess. Right. Like, I don't like, why would the kids have fire in there? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but you know, they end up being heroes, especially like pony boy and Johnny, but also Dallas. They like, save some kids, they get trapped in the fire, the church burns down, and this is like where it gets, the movie gets a little bit more interesting. You have, they all go to the hospital. Pony Boy is certainly like the best outcome there. Don't know if you noticed though, but his face is covered in ash and it kind of looks like the blackface face from <laughs> man. I'm like, see Thomas Howell, are you going to go blackface in every movie you do? If he wanted to do a disguise, why didn't he do that? 
Oh, that's what I was thinking that too. When he's like, "Oh, we we's gotta look different." Like if C. Thomas Howell turned around in the blackface, I'd be like, "Stop being offensive." Every movie you're in, C. Thomas Howell. Like, it, it works <laughs> so well for him going to Harvard. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I want someone to do like a cut of no. I don't because I don't want like the Soul Man to get popular now because that movie should oh, not man. be popular. <laughs> no, I, I don't think but, that stands a chance. But I want to kind of do like a cut of like that, like uh, Johnny saying that the Pony Boy, and then Pony Boy <laughs> turns around and he's like the Soul Man. Oh God! Oh, the terrible again. How did that get made? <laughs> anyway, so um, again, this is where I think the movie—it's such a fast movie. That's why it felt like an after-school special to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like those those or those movies that would just again air after school, or <laughs> so, you know? right? Like it, it has that quality about it. It's not like this movie's not terrible. It's just it's not going to wow you. They're called heroes, but it ends up being a kind of a bad thing because because they're in the paper. Patrick Swayze is going to like essentially lose custody of his brothers. Yeah, because they rightfully ask, "Oh, why is this hooligan?" not have a parents in his life. He should be put into a home or something. And and they talk about him and Soda Pop going to a home. So, I mean, I guess, like, that's kind of... That doesn't end up happening, right? No, but, like, I'm I'm kind of confused. And this is no diss to a bo- the book, because the book's considered a classic. So, I don't know. Maybe it's explained more in the book. But this is where I'm confused, because we're supposed to be, like... Wow, no. Derry, Patrick Swayze, he's actually like a good role model. He takes care of them. I feel bad for them. I don't want them to go into a home. Yeah, but then he goes and like does that whole brawl and beats the crap out of like all those socias. Yeah, like he not only is he part of the rumble later, but he lets both his younger brothers fight in the rumble. He incites the whole gang. Yeah. I don't want you to do it, but we need every man we can get. Well, he's kind of a little more protective over Ponyboy, and I guess that's just because maybe all the socias would have an out for him because of the whole killing, the whole murder, and knife situation. Yeah, but I would have knew he was there. How much can you help, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't help. He just laid down in the mud and got his ass beat. <laughs> Before we get to the rumble, though, there's... One of the better scenes, I'll say, because it's like kind of fun, is when they're all there in the house, like all the guys. The yeah. star power in that scene, and you, you see like you you see uh, Rob Lowe almost naked. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't know because I hope he I hope he was eighteen actually. <laughs> yeah, right. When they shot this, but I mean, he's in great shape. He's definitely in Chris Traeger Parks and Recreation shape. Mm-hmm. He, he's <laughs> he's great. So one of the big things that Francis Ford Coppola said he had to cut out, well, the studio made him cut out a lot of stuff. He said it wasn't him because they wanted it to be shorter because I think it want, they wanted to appeal more to teenagers, I think. Um, but apparently Rob Lowe, um, Soda Pop, was like he had a lot more scenes like on his own. And that was really cut out. Because the book, if I remember correctly, is more um pony boy and soda pop story and this is very clearly just uh pony boy story right um so that that was cut out but i like seeing all those actors who we're going to cover a lot of those guys in a lot of these films 
on this podcast. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm kind of excited. This is like an origin story for a lot of them. Uh, once again, I wrote, like, I love the Mickey Mouse shirt. <laughs> I, I think that 2-Bit is my favorite character. He was the first person of the Greasers that I think um, you see with a Switchblade, right? Yeah, and that's a fucking cool Switchblade. And then, ironically, Johnny is the one that ends up using it. But, yeah, uh, 2-Bit is pretty awesome. He was... <laughs> He's pretty awesome. They're all they're all pretty awesome. It's all like a, a really cool group of guys that like you would have fun hanging out with. Yeah, for sure. You know, just giving each other a hard time. That's what friends do. Yeah, I want to be in the greasers. You're right. F- fuck the socias. I'm a greaser. <laughs> um, well, obviously, what's it called? Is they're still in the hospital at this point, right? Like um, Dallas and Johnny. Mm-hmm. And. Would they go to visit them? And it's really, I mean, Johnny's kind of like lost the will to live. Yeah. He, he's burned really bad. Broken back, can't use his legs. Like, and the, their relationship is kind of like fraying at this point, Ponyboy and Johnny's. And then you have, you have a dickhead Dallas to like the nurse and stuff. <laughs> like he's, just, he's just an ass there. <laughs> So unnecessary. <laughs> Just feel like the majority of what Dallas does is unnecessary. <laughs> Fair. But I want to bring up, I bring up the hospital thing because, first of all, the big scene, and it actually does look cool, to Coppola's credit, is the rumble. Yeah. I mean, it's raining a lot, which is like weird because I don't think it was raining when it started. But that is a, that is a great, like, I don't know, agree or disagree, like, that, that's a great, like, movie fight. Yeah, so you mentioned um, Tom Cruise's name is Steve in the film. He uh, being such a badass in that in that brawl. Does he headbutt somebody? I think so. Yeah, I feel like he took out a lot of socias. Yeah, he he is like the muscle there. Like he was just a badass, you know. Uh, so basically, the rumble is just like to settle the score. I mean, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but I gotta be honest with you, and this is this is a hot take probably. I, I do not advocate violence. But one, they don't use weapons, they just have a fist fight. I feel like today the world would be a different place if if like gangs evenly fought each other, like with their fists, rather than people like trolling each other on Twitter and on Facebook. Like that's like there's something like visceral about that. And again, don't Take me out of context. I'm not advocating gang violence. But I don't know. Like, there's a clean cut victory there. There's like winners and losers there, you know? I'm, I'm not advocating it for, but it's definitely a more simple time. You know what I'm saying? Brian, I completely understand where you're coming from. It would be so <laughs> much easier to solve problems in our life if we could just settle in the squared circle. You know, yeah. if you, you got beef and we can't, we can't come to a conclusion verbally. All right, you know what? We'll we'll settle it in the ring. That's it. And if people just respect the decision, fine. That's it. If you lose, you know, you, you take your defeat like a man, and you accept that you were wrong, and you move on with your life. So the moral of this podcast: violence is the answer. No, but <laughs> if you again, cannot like... come to a civil conclusion verbally, <laughs> <laughs> violence is the. But look, it, no, violence is not the answer. But I certainly think it's it's a little bit more brave. 
<laughs> it's a little bit more brave than like trolling over Twitter from afar. No, but you're right. There's no weapons involved. They're just using Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary and settling <laughs> it mano y mano. Yeah, it's just it's just just pure bro. And you know what? That's a pretty fast fight. I yeah. think it's despite how crappy that uh, Pony Boy does. I think the the greasers wreck them. You know? Oh, absolutely. They run away pretty fast. I mean, the greasers know how to fight. They're blue collar. They work with their hands. Maybe Steve is the best because he's the mechanic. You know, he's like he he's ready to go. He's got a good grip. Oh, lifting okay. engines around. <laughs> I have to mention, though, that's why I brought up the hospital thing. Matt Dillon, like, uh, Dallas, when the fight starts, just running in from the back. <laughs> like, he, like, escaped the hospital. And just, like, I forget, he has, like, a silly line when he runs in. He's like, come here, or something like that. Like, Brian, I think you are Dallas. He's the perfect instigator. He's an instigator. That's it. He just, he got that fight started. <laughs> How did Dallas get the fight started? <laughs> Because they were all just lined up, and then Dallas comes running out of the bushes. <laughs> they were going to fight. Anyway. Out of nowhere. <laughs> what a shot. He's just like, oh. <sighs> oh, that, but that, again, mo- more, more movies need rumbles. Yes, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so the, definitely one of the more, uh, better bright spots of this film. And I mean, you know, it, it kind of goes literally downhill from here, like in terms of yeah, not literally, but it, it's just. So Johnny dies uh, right before the rumble. That's what. Oh, it's right before. Yeah, John. So John, I think um, almost certain Johnny dies right before the rumble because they said that they're gonna win for Johnny. I think I don't. I thought he died right after. Wow, we can't. We just saw this movie. We can't remember the movie. Wait, he dies sometimes along. No, 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 no. He dies after the rumble because Pony Boy goes to him and say we won, and that was like the last one of the last things he says to him. They oh, said they're gonna do it for Johnny because they're like, right, I think okay. they say, oh, Johnny's not doing so well. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then he go, and then they go, hey, we won, and like Johnny does not even care, and that's when he, he doesn't he care. Has, that's when he has his famous line, "Stay gold, Pony Boy," which I do love that line. Stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. So the first time I ever heard that or remember hearing it is from Community. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Abed says that to Donald Glover's character Troy... And he just goes, right? And he goes, yeah, no, stay I golden, so. pony boy. And I then, remember him saying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I when I heard that in this movie, it just, all the light bulbs went off in my head. <laughs> That's always nice when you get the reference after the joke. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally makes sense. And the stay gold, pony boy thing comes from, like, randomly, they get, like, when they're in, hiding out in that church, like, Especially Ponyboy gets like really smart and he's like quoting Robert Frost. One morning I woke up earlier than usual. 
the church was colder than ever. Golly, that was sure pretty, huh? Yeah. It's like the mist is what's pretty, you know? All gold and silver. Too bad it can't stay like that all the time. Nothing gold can stay. Huh? Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower. But only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sang. Degree. So dawn goes down today. Nothing gold can stay. Where'd you learn that? That's what I meant. Robert Frost wrote it. I always remembered it because I never quite knew what he meant by it. I never noticed colors and clouds and stuff that you kept reminding me about. Kind of like you were never there before. Yeah. I don't think I could ever tell Steve or Tubit or even Derry about the clouds and sunset. Just you and Soda Pop. Maybe Cherry Valance. Guess we're different, huh? Shoot, yeah. Maybe they, uh... Maybe you're right. Yeah, like holy short stories, and that's a a Robert Frost poem, apparently. If that doesn't cry high school movie, I don't know what does. Very true, very true. And then Johnny, like his last dying thing, is like, oh, oh no, he gives him a letter, or somehow he gets a letter, right? Yeah, it's a letter in in another copy of Gone with the Wind because he was reading that to him while they were yes, at the yes. church. And eventually, in the letter, he. The letter scene, I'm sorry, is, like, kind of silly. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's actually reading it, like... Of what? You you don't like the two edits of, like, uh, Johnny on one side of Pony Boy, and then Dallas, like, running from the cops on the other side? <laughs> Pony Boy. I asked the nurse to give you this book so you could finish it. It's worth saving those little kids. Their lives are worth more than mine. They have more to live for. Tell Dally I think it's worth it. I'm gonna miss you guys. I've been thinking about it in that poem, that guy that wrote it. He meant your gold when you're a kid, like green. When you're a kid, everything's new, dawn. Like the way you dig sunsets, Pony, that's gold. Keep it that way, it's a good way to be. I want you to ask Dally to look at one. I don't think he's ever seen a sunset. There's still lots of good in the world. Tell Dally, I don't think he knows. Your buddy, Johnny. Just make sure you save Dallas. I feel like you gotta show him uh, 
that there's some good in this world too. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. not too late for him. <laughs> uh, it actually. Uh, well, <laughs> so yeah, Johnny dies, but he gives us that great line: "Stay gold, pony boy." And then Dallas, as you're alluding to, yeah, he just he he gets upset that Johnny's dead, and he kind of just. So you consider that what he did a suicide? Oh yeah, absolutely. The gun wasn't loaded. Yeah, so he just basically robs a store because the gun uh, with with an unloaded gun and. You want to buy one of those, son? You know, you tear those up, you have to pay for them. Don't do that. You know, you got to pay for that magazine. Then he gets like the gang together and he says, Oh, I need help. I just robbed a store. I love how loyal they are. They know freaking Dallas is crazy. They're like, we got to go defend him, but it's too fucking late. Cops run him down and with an unloaded gun, just shoot the hell out of him. Yeah. Hello. So that that was the hardest part of the movie for me to get through because like Johnny, no offense, I mean, you killed a guy, right? Your cigarette set the church on fire, could have killed all those kids. Yeah, you had a little bit of redemption, but Dallas shouldn't have died. He should not have died. Well, he didn't have to die though. Like uh, he died out of grief. I get it. Hey, you know what? Johnny did figure out the meaning of a Robert Frost poem before he died. So <laughs> you got to give him credit for that. Actually, I wrote I wrote that poem down. Will you recite it to us now? 
Um, sure. <laughs> New feature on High School Slumber Party. Mike goes up to the front of the class and reads a Robert Frost poem. Hello, everyone. This is a poem by Robert Frost. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. I mean, I'll be honest, you know I have no tattoos. That's kind of a cool tattoo. Stay gold, or stay gold, pony boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah. I think we figured out your first one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get one for every, every high school slumber party film I do. What if Dallas was going to tattoo it to you? He gets to choose where. From the grave or Matt Dillon? Matt Dillon. But Dallas. Matt Dillon. Te- I don't know if he's certified to make. No, I'm not going to get a state gold tattoo. <laughs> it's still, it's, it, honestly, it's still a cool freaking. <laughs> so, it's still a cool freaking saying. saying. Where would you get it? Would you get it on like your chest? Your I'm arm? not getting one. I'm not thinking of my chest. Hypothetically speaking. If you got the Stay Golden Pony Boy tattoo, where would it go? Where would it go? Tramp stay stamp. Gold. Not the Stay Gold. Uh, kind of inappropriate here, but I'm going to ask you a question. If you saw, if you saw a, a lady with a Stay Gold tattoo on her back, Stay Gold Pony Boy. Is that a plus or a minus? Or no? oh, that's yeah. You're going. You got a couple. Uh, add a boys on that one, or add a girls. That's a plus for me. <laughs> that's not, yeah. Let's, we won't, we won't make this sexist, you know. I'll just say, if anybody had a Stay Gold Pony Boy tattoo, is it a plus for you? Kudos to you. Yes. <laughs> so, ding, ding. All right, maybe it's an idea. Maybe I will get the, uh, the, uh, Upper, I don't want to tramp shame, so I'll call it the lower back tattoo. Okay, pardon me. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I had no offense. If enough people on Twitter retweet this episode, and by enough I mean like a million, <laughs> you'll get the Stay Gold Pony Boy tattoo. I will get the Stay Gold Pony Boy lower back tattoo. Is is a tramp specified to a gender? No, actually, no. So I was because wrong. I'm just thinking of Lady and the Tramp. Exactly. I, I think people associate the quote unquote Tramp stamp right. with women. Mm-hmm. But that's actually you're right. Tramp could be a man because there's a type of clown called the Tramp, or I think that's like a a chaplain. Yeah, the chaplain character, the Tramp, and he's a man. There's Lady and the Tramp, and clearly Tramp is the man. Right. So, uh, scratch what I said. I was the misogynistic one. I apologize. A tramp stamp is not misogynistic. If anything, it's classist. And that's what this movie was about. Classes. Class. We've tied it together. (laughs) Apologies if we come off inappropriately. That was not our intention. We just want to talk about the Stay Gold tattoo. And if anything, we support it. You clearly support it, and I do too. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. Pluses all around. You can get a tattoo of not. I was gonna say you can get a tattoo of anything, but I don't approve of like, you know, hate 
tattoos, like hateful tattoos, right. like like Nazi tattoos, nothing like that. No, but you can get a tattoo of anything positive. And "Stay Gold Pony Boy" is a very positive phrase. Absolutely, and I think I know what you can do now. You can get the uh, the CM Punk type of tattoo, like over your stomach. Stay gold on the top of the stomach, and then ooh, pony stomach boy. tattoo. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Would you get like that, like around the belly button? Stay gold. Ah, uh, what like Batista? No, okay, now we're just going too <laughs> delving too much into wrestling. That's a Apologies that's another podcast. Uh, all right, um, we had a rumble <laughs> no. on this, so we just got to talking about rumble. not the Royal Rumble. Just <sighs> getting me all jacked up. <laughs> the Outsiders Rumble. So, uh, any other scenes or things you want to talk about with the Outsiders? Anything else that piqued your interest in the film? Well, I just thought, you know, yes, actually. So, there's one scene where Pony Boy is talking to one of the Soches. I thought that Soche's name was Bob, but I guess Bob was the one who died. Um, in the car outside of a Dairy Queen. Oh, I think? maybe it was. I don't know. I was just looking at the IMDb. That could be Bob. Oh, yeah, I thought his name was Bob in the car, but I, I don't know. I also thought Johnny died before the rumble, so <laughs> I'm clearly not an expert. Regardless, the point isn't their names, but the topic of conversation saying, like, they, they almost came to an understanding, like, saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're a greaser or if you're a soch, uh, what your parents do for work or what you do for work or the car I have, like, you're still, I appreciate what you did there. What you did was kind of cool, like saving those kids. Um, but the social kind of, still kind of sucks because he still knows, like, a- anything we do, it's not going to change anything. I think yeah. Pony Boy kind of sees the bigger picture and, like, sees the light and kind of has a similar conversation with Cherry towards the end of the movie, like, in the sunset and everything. But... Um, it's just, it's kind of sad because it's like, you know, how many more people would need to die or get hurt along the way before they can just get along? Like, why do you need to have these cliques? Why do you need to have all these separate gangs? Like, just because somebody doesn't have as much money as you or doesn't have the car, the jacket, the girl, whatever it might be. It, yeah, it all ends up being pointless. People just, I mean, it's, it's an age-old story, you know, this fighting. It's just it's just pointless. It's You're right. And I do I do like that scene a lot in the car, whatever so she's talking about, because it's just, it's like both of them, you get these scenes a lot in films where, like, both sides kind of get it, but they still do the conflict anyway, you know, because that's just how it is. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, and again, you bring up Cherry again, and I kind of mentioned it before, but not enough women in this film. I don't know if there's more women in the book, but not enough women in this film. Why don't we see any lady greasers? Yeah, that's a good point. There's got to be, right? There are no women greasers. I mean, maybe the one at the bar was that you said you saw. But it's just, this is like a man movie. And, and not sort of like manly, but like there's just so much like... There's so much young, good-looking men just, like, fighting around that it's it's weird that we don't get, like... The girl is just the inciting object, you know? Mm-hmm. And I get Diane Lind is great in the role. Isn't that always the case, though? 
Not always, not always, but unfortunately, it's the case way too much. So yeah. I think that was a big criticism of the film for me, but it wasn't so much a criticism. Because if the book, again, I don't remember the book, but if the book's like that as well, then, you know, what can you do? Right. So, uh, anything else? Um, no, I was just going to say the only other thing that resonated with me was, you know, Pony Boy realizing that there's something better out there than what they have. Like, at that scene where he's discussing the sunset with Johnny and he goes into discussing and reading the whole Robert Frost poem, he realizes, you know, this doesn't have to be his life and maybe there's something better out there for all of them. They just need to accept it and work forward and forge ahead. Maybe not see each other as greasers and socias, but just kids. That's what they are, kids. Yeah, you know, like that's... And you get that a lot with, like, gang films. Because doesn't it kind of remind you of the Warriors, too? Like, just ending like that. It's, like, you know, kind of like the... Yeah, this, unsettled. Like, There's just... Yeah. Yeah, like, I doubt Johnny... I mean, I doubt Pony Boy ends up... Like, his life changes around and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're not leaving... Where is it? Tulsa, Oklahoma, anytime yeah. soon. Which is not specified in the book, by the way, but it's very—it's it's definitely specified, mm-hmm. at least on the back of the VHS cover. It's 1966, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, this is not... Would I recommend someone watching this film? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, what, well, what would you give this film? Let, let's do it like we always do it on this podcast. We try to stick to a one out of five score okay what do you want to what metric do you want to rate this on oh man uh how many greasers how many socias no because i don't want to say either one is better than the other um how many Hmm. how many pony boys no that's kind of because there's only one pony boy yeah (laughs) Uh. it's funny like a couple times on this podcast we've brought up rating things and like a couple times we've one time we actually chose cheeseburgers another time we almost chose cheeseburgers and it's it's weird because like i think cheeseburgers are just the high school food because maybe <laughs> every movie i'll have to look back no there's hot dogs in american pie but so far almost every movie has like a, a significant cheeseburger moment and even this i think they eat the cheeseburgers right at the dairy queen or whatever yeah you're right so if you want to go cheeseburgers, we'll go cheeseburgers. No, no more cheeseburgers. We can't write this. <laughs> you're, I can't you're fed up anymore. Did they I, have I, blizzards back then from Dairy Queen? Is that the is that the the Dairy Queen one? I was I was thinking about that. Dairy Queen's the blizzard. Yeah, yeah. What's friendlies? The fribble or something? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I don't know if they had blizzards back didn't, then, but yeah. I remember when Dairy Queen, like, I thought Dairy Queen came out with food, like, in the 90s. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, Dairy Queen's selling out. But clearly they had food at this point. Okay, how about how many cherries? I don't want to... I mean, I do wish there were more cherries in the film because I want more <laughs> women in the film. But I don't know. I don't know. Soches, greasers, Mickey Mouse... Switchblades. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> then they don't end up using switchblades. I'm going to watch this movie again, or maybe not, and I'm going to be like, damn it, why didn't we rate it on this? <laughs> Gone with the Wind books. Huh. There has to be a good trope we're missing here. Sunsets. Sunsets. There could only be one sunset at a time. A day, but... Oh, a day, yeah, true. Okay, you know what? Forget it. Like I said, my favorite guy was 2-Bit. Let's do it on the Mickey Mouse t-shirts. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm giving this... Uh, I'm rating it three Mickey Mouse t-shirts and one Minnie Mouse. So Minnie Mouse is less than Mickey Mouse to you? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> so is it four t-shirts? What are you saying, then? Hmm. Yeah, we'll do four... four Mouse t-shirts. So you th- you're giving this movie a four. Wow. Pretty high. Why are you giving it four Mickey Mouse slash Minnie Mouse t-shirts? I'm glad you All put it on s- Minnie Mouse, though, because we need to get okay. more women. All-star cast. Yes. Um, although it's pretty cheesy watching it now. We don't know what it was like watching it when it came out. True, true. It deals with some real issues. Differences between classes. Um, but um, I might have to knock it down a peg. Can I, can I bring it down to like a 3.75? Fine, 3.75. 3.75 mouse shirts. <laughs> Disney mouse shirts. Could be so, mini, could be mini. Yeah, I, I think the just prevalence and like the beating over the head with the whole Robert Frost nonsense was a little much. And um, also some of the stuff just didn't make sense, especially with Pony Boy going under the huge disguise and not Johnny when he didn't kill anybody. <laughs> S- stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed the movie. I liked it. I like gang-related movies, and that's what this kind of was. It was a coming-of-age high school gang movie. Yeah, it's no, pretty cool. Sure. So I'm going to give this three Mickey Mouse t-shirts. Look, it's not a terrible movie. It really isn't. Some people are going to watch this movie and be like, this movie sucked. Some people are going to watch this movie and be like, this movie was awesome. Think, if you read the book, you're going to have a different perspective. I probably think that the director's cut should at least be better, because it's supposed to be closer to the book and change the music. My criticism was, no offense, Carmine Coppola, the music was not great. <laughs> um, I don't think it was like shot particularly well. It doesn't seem like it was his best work, Francis Ford Coppola, for sure. But at the end of the day, this is a movie made for kids. You know, it's made for young adults. As violent as it is, it's not like violent, violent. It's not excessively violent. And this is a young adult novel and a young adult film. And it's not bad. It's not, you know. It's it's okay. But you know what the best thing is? And this is contradicting what I said about the director's cut. For as bad as it is, it's only an hour and a half that you have to sit through this, you know? It's a fast movie for, a sh- like, not a, sh- a short attention span. Does it hit you over the head with a lot of these themes? Of course it does. But I think young adult literature is just like that, you know? Hmm. I think that's why we read it in middle school and not right. so much high school. Because it's, 
it's simple and that doesn't make it bad. It's it makes it true. So th- solid three Mickey Mouse T-shirts. All right. Good. And I think I think we're on the same page with this one. Yeah. So if there's nothing else to talk about with the outsiders, Mike, is there any place people can find you? Is there any uh, anything you want to plug? I know you're not really in the podcast <laughs> world so much, but maybe you want people to follow you on your Instagram, or maybe you don't. Maybe that's a dark world that you're not you don't want people to see. I don't know. No, sure. I mean, I don't really put much up there, but uh, and I don't know how entertained you'll really be but if you feel like following me on instagram you can uh look at some of my minimal posts at (laughs) ci warriors on instagram and um that's so proof proof that one of your favorite movies is indeed the warriors (laughs) yes that is correct any more uh Let's see. I'm trying to think of any more tales from high school, but we'll have you back on. No, um, let's just sure. skip over those. Why you, that was your glory days. <laughs> if it was, that's really sad. One of the films will talk about your uh, school dance fiasco. That should be. Fun. Let's. Can we not? <laughs> no. This is what this uh, reliving painful past high school memories is. What this podcast is all about. Brian, I buried those deep. Real deep, so that I'd never remember. We relive them now, and maybe, you know, maybe you change your destiny. Maybe you go back in time. Maybe you you, you use these films to become a different person now. Maybe you see I don't, yourself... I don't have my DeLorean. I can't crank it up <laughs> to 88 miles an hour, go back in time, and change the mistakes of my past. If I could, there's there's too many to change. It's, it's too late for that. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the slumber party. Oh, I do remember one time we actually, and it this is a prom story, but not the prom story I'm saving for later, but that we actually did have a slumber party. And it's not a very exciting story, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention it anyway. So I don't know if you remember this, but we went to prom, whatever, and we were dropped off at the end of prom. We weren't that cool. We didn't go to, like, the shore that year or, or a cool party. We just went to one of the girls' houses. and Watched it was dinosaurs. Kind of, yes, watched, yeah. like, Sinclair, like that kind of dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. So we were super cool. Um, it it might have been prom. It might have been something else. I don't know. But it was some kind of formal dance. And instead of one of, like, the parents offered us a ride home, but and we said no for some reason. Yeah, mind you, we were probably four miles from home. Yeah, and it's like the middle of the night <laughs> in fancy shoes. Two, two o'clock in the morning. In fancy shoes. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't, I don't know why we didn't even call our own parents. I guess we didn't want to wake them up. We and should we have walked, just taken the ride. I don't know yeah, why we didn't we take the like ride. An to this hour day. to your house. <laughs> yeah, was, the plan was. That like we were gonna your house was close. We were gonna walk to your house, and I was gonna this is before we could drive, and I was gonna borrow your bicycle and bike home at like three in the morning because it took an hour, and then and then we got there and you're like you just want to crash at my place and I'm like, oh yeah okay I'll just do that, <laughs> and that oh. was the other that was a very important well, I, 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 party. I think you're you're leaving something out though. What am I we leaving were, out? We were deliberating outside my house because we didn't want to wake up my. My family. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, we saw 
my neighbor doing whatever it was in their oh. bathroom. He was naked for some reason. It looked like he was shaving his legs. I don't know. And then that ended. Yeah, we saw your old naked neighbor. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and yeah, so we got, yeah, we took so, an hour to like walk to your house. And then we probably, we probably debated how to get in and not wake up your parents for like. Yeah. A but good, then my mom comes hour. outside and she goes, what are you guys doing? Do you want to just come in? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's again. Uh, other kids were like doing drugs and like drinking and like breaking the rules and we just didn't want to get in trouble like for waking <laughs> for waking your parents up we were just too dumb to take a ride home instead of too dumb we just proud <laughs> how, whatever i don't know what it was, was just ah, no we're good we'll just walk a couple miles two o'clock in the morning in dress shoes all the way home uh, dumb idea dumb idea Anyway, I guess I guess that's the last high school slumber party I remember with you, besides for today. So yeah. Thank thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for having thing, me. One more thing. Stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> <sighs> that just about does it for the slumber party today. By the way, after we recorded this, I watch the director's cut of the outsiders again it's like half an hour longer much better in my opinion and guess what there's an actual scene in high school it's you know cherry ignores him it's kind of like what was predicted but whatever point is this is a high school film don't let anybody tell you otherwise people will tell you otherwise but it's about high schoolers and if you listen this far you understand it is a high school film but thank you for listening Your homework assignment next week is to watch the film Class of 1984. Class of 1984. Their only goal is power. I run this school, man. Their only law is survival. If you want to survive around here, you have got to learn to look the other way. Their only allegiance is to themselves. Still believe in all that bullshit that holds it together. I pledge allegiance! Otherwise, you'd have done me right. Like this! He tried to kill me! Somebody's got to stop this insanity. Well, you simply can't afford to fail this class. Now what is the answer? Oh, I am the future. I am the future. I am the future. But you've taught before nothing like this has ever happened. All right, I got to deal with it. Who's going to protect you? He's one man trained to deal with students, but they've pushed him to the limit. They've gone too far. Now he's going to give the class of 1984 the lesson they deserve. 
And our guest next week will be none other than Cage Club co-founder, Michael Manzi. You definitely don't want to miss next Friday, trust me. Your second assignment will be to, well, obviously, tell John Cusack not to block us on Twitter. This continues. The Goodwill Hunting problem is still on the board. Speaking of Twitter, follow High School Slumber Party on Twitter, Facebook, Insta. Check out our show and all the other shows on our network on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. So today, I'll leave you with something a little different. The theme to WCW's legendary wrestling tag team and NWO co-founders, The Outsiders. Later, dudes.